Now, Bowers, I know on this week's episode, we wanted to take a brief moment to, you know, kind of uh, voice our opinion on what's happening with the civil unrest uh, in the wake of the death of George Floyd. And um, while I can't personally speak from experience on what it's like to be a person of color or treated um, unequally because of your gender, I do think that it's important to make a statement. And my statement is uh, the bullshit is over. It's time to make a change. It's been going on for far too long. And the best way to do that is to make sure that you are a registered voter and make sure that you are getting out there and having a voice and a say in your city council elections, the statewide officials that are being elected and make it not based on anything other than people who actually are willing to fight to make the change. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of, uh, websites out there to, uh, kind of help you out along the way. You can find out what each person running for each office stands for, what they stand against and just don't go to the, uh, ballot or not the ballot, but the uh, polling station don't go there. Just, to check boxes because it's a Republican that you're going for or Democrats. You need to do your research and go out and choose the best person for the job that stands for the beliefs that you have. And all we can do is hope that when that person gets elected, they stand by their word. And that's really all we can do is just kind of cross our fingers and hope for the best. Yeah. you know, obviously I think the, the important recognition here is uh, this is not going to be something that will change overnight. Um, I mean, how it's been a fight for multiple generations now, and it's unfortunate that it's taken that long, but uh, we have a chance to be the turning point in history where change actually starts to happen. So uh, be smart, be heard, and make sure you vote. All right, y'all, welcome back to episode three of the Notice Left podcast, your weekly source of postal knowledge and trivial information. I'm your host, Mailman Pete, the best in the West, and I'm joined by my co-host. It's me, Bowers, the beast of the East. Now, Bowers, I know that when I was a kid, I was fascinated by the concept of aliens, like Independence Day and things like that, you know, E.T. and... It seems that here over the past couple of weeks and really over the, the past year, if you kind of think about it, uh, there's been some interesting UFO stories that have come out. And um, that includes this past week of the Navy confirming for a second time of an unidentified flying object. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm still fascinated with this shit. And uh, yeah, I believe it was like a year ago today or roughly a year ago today, it was posted in, I believe, one of the high-profile papers out there that the headline read, UFOs exist, and you better get used to it. And I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. But um, on top of that, like you said, the videos have been coming out that the Navy have finally said that they are real and verified it. And they're pretty spectacular, some of the things these things are capable of doing and how far behind we truly are in technology. 
Yeah, and you know, so there's two spins in a way that you can kind of approach it. The first being that these are actually interplanetary um, aircraft that you know have come to Earth. Check it out because there's a civilization out there that has advanced enough to you know whether that's travel through a wormhole or even just at the speed of light. You know, the concept of warp speed that's pretty badass. Or um, if it is things that have been created here on earth that are just like top secret projects that, you know, even select branches of the armed forces or things like that are unaware of, uh, it's, that'd be also a pretty damn impressive because like you were saying, the things that these aircraft have been videotaped doing are just things that we currently don't see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And, uh, one of the videos out there, it was taken by, a, um, commander when he was on a training mission he even described that this thing was literally going from about 50,000 feet and would drop down to like 100 feet off the surface of the ocean with just like the blink of an eye and not only that they couldn't keep up with it whenever it was moving it just kind of took off it was in their they had it on like a lock on their radar and next thing you know, it just all of a sudden disappeared. And once they radioed back to the uh, ship that they came from, from the mission, they found out that it was gone from the radar, but also showed up like 60 miles away. And it was the exact same thing. So, I mean, literally within seconds, it traveled like 60 miles. Which is impressive. And, uh, you know, while it is possible, like I was saying, that this is something that humans have invented on Earth, it's just, you know, not public knowledge yet. I'm going to personally hope that it's aliens because that would be pretty badass. Like, I've always wanted to go to outer space. I think it's sweet. And if aliens exist and they have that kind of technology, um, then who knows what else is out there just in the universe itself that we've never seen and could possibly have the chance to see. And I don't think it's a coincidence that some of these confirmations have come out and uh, the president has created, you know, the new space military program um, that's now, and I believe they're actually up and running. I'm not 100% positive on that. Yeah, I'm not 100% either. I do know they did have a recruiting video out, uh, I want to say maybe a month ago or something like that, but. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I I just want to think that they are out there because I think it's kind of foolish to think that we're the only living, breathing beings in the world. And I hope at some point in my lifetime I get the truth to that, like not just seeing one, not just seeing like a UFO, but actually seeing a being hopefully because i i don't feel like they'll be hostile i think they're more or less probably worried about what kind of dumb shit these humans are doing here on planet earth well i mean it's possible that they'd be hostile but i think if they were you know if they have the ability to travel the way that they would in order to get here i would probably bet the house that or no what's the saying bet the farm yeah I would probably bet the farm that they have weapons that what you know we we won't be able to stop them if we want to. So yeah, I would hope that they're peaceful and in the same token, I mean shit dude, could they have picked the worst time to show up if they're really I mean 2020 is just about 
as big of a shit show that we've had in recorded history in terms of, you know, the pandemic, the social unrest, um, world leaders that aren't necessarily leaders and, uh, you know, climate change is a thing. We're slowly killing the planet. And I just, I don't know, like it, I'm trying to think of a period in history that would have had as many things happening simultaneously that would have been a worse time for aliens to show up. Yeah, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. It's it's fascinating for sure, everything that's going on. Um, hopefully sooner or later things do get better. And uh, I don't know, I, I still wonder about um, a um, person I heard one day talking about it, like saying maybe maybe they aren't actually aliens, maybe we were actually the aliens that came to this planet. And at some point, maybe wherever we initially came from, maybe we destroyed that planet, kind of like what we're doing here. So that's maybe why we have the scientists and all these different types of people trying to figure out how we can possibly go up to the moon or to Mars and possibly inhabit those type of places just because we need somewhere eventually we need to go. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's crazy, too, but I saw that with the current technology we have, um, it only takes a couple of days to get to the moon, but it actually only takes like three and a half years or something like that to get to Mars. Like, I thought that was going to be way longer. Um, so it's possible. I mean, three and a half years on one space shuttle would be kind of shitty. You know, there's only so many things that you can do. But I, with all the ways that we gave people the use the current resident mail last week, I'm pretty sure we could probably rattle off hundreds, if not thousands of activities to fill your time on a spaceship if we really wanted to. Yeah. Well, I hope there's some sort of uh way that you can just go in and sleep for those three years. And then they can just man its own happy ass to Mars. Cause that would, uh, that could get a little crazy being trapped on a space shuttle or whatever type of, rocket they send you up in with a select few people that could get a little dicey (laughs) yeah i mean i would have to imagine though that if we're really taking a a swing at a mission to mars that i mean i don't know probably what a hundred people would be a, a rough guess and so even if you can't find a way to like cryogenically freeze or you know let people just sleep that whole time without genuinely aging um there'd still be enough people to interact with. And I would imagine too, that it has to be a pretty big size ship. Like I would even wonder if it would have to be the kind of thing that uh, we launch out, you know, pieces at a time and actually assemble that ship in outer space and then get people on board. Like we do at the international space station. And then that ship like slingshots off the earth's gravity on its way to Mars. I wonder if that's how we would have to do it. I don't know. That'd be a good question. I I think that could possibly be one of the best solutions because the type of the actually just the amount of fuel and whatever other type of technology we come up with at that time. I mean, who knows how much resources it would take to even get there, but it'd probably be a lot less if we could just have one like, set up the space station everybody could just kind of hop on and take off sort of thing but i don't know that's a damn good question yeah i I mean i would also wonder if there's ways to do it though like i know i was at an amusement park once and they had this roller coaster and it would do zero to a hundred and like 4.2 seconds 
And it's because, and now granted, a roller coaster is on a track, so it's a little bit easier than an object floating in outer space, but I'm sure that you could build a station. But the way that that roller coaster was able to accelerate so quickly is because it used magnets. And so it did the same thing, and it was slowing it down. You know, it would make the magnets attract to one another, and they're obviously these are powerful magnets, not the kind that you're just sticking up on your fridge. Um, and I'm sure that you probably have plenty of those on your fridge with, you know, kit drawings from your kid that are probably better than your drawings. I mean, you're still what you probably just trace your hand like a Turkey for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I actually do do that occasionally, but that's beside the point. We're not going to get into my uh, artistic abilities here. Hey, I'll be the first person to tell you, dude, I'm not an artist. I th- I bet I could draw a stick figure sometimes and people would look at it and be like, what the fuck is that supposed to be? I'm like, it's a stick figure. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can't draw at all. I can write all day and I can talk all day. But when it comes to drawing, I have zero fucking skills. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not even good at, like, doing the dot to dot type drawings or even, like, tracing something. I mean, it's pretty terrible that. I mean, I might be a little better at drawing than you because I know I can definitely draw a stick figure and somebody can verify it's a stick figure, but it's going to be a terrible looking one. Um, At least I can do connect the dots. And I mean, but to be fair, I know maybe you're talking about those like connect the dot books that are for adults that have like super complex pictures and whatnot. No, I'm talking about the ones that you give like two to five year olds. (laughs) <laughs> all right fair <laughs> enough hey at least you're honest about it um but anyhow yeah i sidetracked myself yeah. there um so i wonder you know if they could build that dock up in space and kind of use something you know i'm sure there's they probably have way more complex things with that idea of like reverse magnetism to shoot the rocket out much more quickly than it would be if it had just left you know from like the surface of the earth yeah i would imagine they would have something similar to that i was also catching the documentary today where they was talking about when they do go to mars that probably the first thing they're going to have to do is probably send up robots with all the different things they need like a obviously a place to stay they'd have to send up a some sort of machine to generate water from the moisture in the atmosphere They'd have to send up something to generate oxygen for everyone to breathe. And they just kind of figured that that's probably be the first steps is they send all this equip- equipment up with a robot to assemble everything. So when we actually do get people that can go there, then they're not trying to go out and have to build all the shit themselves. They can just kind of get there and kind of get right to work as long as everything's uh, functioning properly. I mean, that makes sense. And I, while you were talking, I was thinking too about, um, I mean, it'd be pretty badass to say that you were the first person to set foot on Mars or step on Mars. But on the, the plaque that I would want would be uh, first person to take a shit on Mars because that'd be pretty badass. <laughs> well, um, I mean, whatever, I guess. If you want to be the first person to shit on Mars, you go right ahead. As long as you're getting a plaque saying yeah. you were the first to do something, I guess that's all that really matters. Well, you know, and all jokes aside, though, I mean, that's the crazy part. We've, well, I'm sure there are some like spaces in the ocean that maybe, you know, a human has not physically been to. Like with satellite imagery and all of that, there's really not much left to do on Earth. Like the only place left that somebody can say they were the first to do something is in outer space. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about. 
just like actually just knowing that you're the first person that is going up on a manned mission to Mars, that that would be insane. Oh, I couldn't imagine that. And then, I mean, when you think about it too, it's, um, and again, don't quote me, you know, it's just like roughly remembering something when I said three and a half years. Um, but you figure you're going to probably, your mission's going to last what anywhere up to six months, maybe one year. So let's just say one year and then it's three and a half years there, three and a half years back. Like that's eight years of your life to do that. But here's the thing. Once you get up there, how are you going to know how much fuel you need to get back? I mean, you might literally be going there. That might be it for you. You might just be stuck on that rock for the rest of days, hoping that you get to live a long life there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the scientists that that are smart enough to get them there are smart enough to find a way to have fuel to get back. But yeah, I mean, it's something that would have to be considered and not to mention, um, Obviously, Mars is farther away from the sun than Earth, so its orbit is longer for like a calendar year. Um, so, like, how does that work? You know, uh, are you going to age in Earth years or do you age in Martian years? Like, that's kind of a, a weird thing to think about. Yeah, and uh, just the fact that these people have family members who are going to be stuck back here wondering when when they're getting there, if they're getting there. How's he going to go, and do they have a chance of ever seeing this person face-to-face ever again? I, I mean, outside of video conferencing, it's possible that, you know, that might be the last time you ever see him. Yeah. Who knows? And that, that'd be a mind fucking itself. You're going up there, and you know your family's back here. That might be the last time. I mean, that's, that'd be t- tough to deal with. Yeah, I would wonder if they would actually even just try to – well. I mean, I guess you'd still have a mom and a dad or something, or maybe even a sibling. I was thinking about if they would try to make it to where, you know, it was people that maybe didn't have as much of a a domestic family here on Earth. But I guess that you also can be severely limiting your pool that you're pulling from. Yeah, and who knows how big that pool even is and how many people you actually are sending up there. I mean, who knows? You might might be going up there and it's – that's it, and you just gotta kind of start the uh, repopulating Mars. Who knows? Yeah, it's certainly a big endeavor, or a big endeavor, <laughs> a big endeavor to over or to take on. Um, and there's a lot of questions that we don't have answered, but I don't know. It'd be pretty sweet if it happened in my lifetime. Yeah, it would definitely be a, a new milestone. We didn't get to see the first people set foot on moon, but maybe we'll be alive to see the first person to set foot on Mars. Who knows? When it comes to getting mail and packages delivered to people's doors, I would say that we're legendary. When it comes to podcasts, I've come to really appreciate how legendary Anchor is. Absolutely. Uh, Anchor is the easiest way to create a podcast, man. Um, They give you literally everything you need at your fingertips to record and edit your podcast. And all you need is a smartphone or a computer. Now, I got to tell you, it is relieving to work with a company that actually gives you everything you need. But the best part, and this is what you were going to talk to me about, is it's free, right? 
Yep, 100% free. And not only is it free, but Anchor is going to distribute all your work to all the apps you enjoy listening to. But here's the here's a big-time catch right here that had me from the beginning. You can get paid to podcast. Paid to podcast. Like, we're talking right out of the gate. I'm going to have some money rolling in from podcasting. Yep, the dirty, dirty cash. Well, we all like cash, don't we? And we all like things that are free. So, folks, if you want to go ahead and get in the podcasting game, go check out anchor.fm to join the podcasting community. That's anchor.fm. And don't forget, you can also download that free app. All right, y'all, welcome back to this week's certified delivery segment where Bowers and I try to give you some information to enhance and ease your relationship with your local letter carrier. Uh, Bowers, I know this week we wanted to kind of discuss the topic of uh, mailboxes that get full without being emptied. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an issue for some people. I don't know what it is with them, but some people tend to leave their mailboxes with mail in it for more than a few days, it can back up really fast with all the different size uh, flats or as normal non-carriers like to call magazines. So those things can build up fast. And if we have any type of small parcels we put in it, so I suggest you go out and empty out your mailbox before it's too late. Yeah, because, you know, there, a couple of things can happen when your mailbox gets full. You know, the first and most obvious one is um, we can actually pull the mail out of your box and hold it at the post office. Now, you know, that's a, a two-part thing where it's designed to allow your mail to not just pile up in a box or it has a higher chance of getting stolen. But um, we can only hold that mail for a specific amount of time before we actually have to return that to sender and – you know, especially if you are anticipating an important, you know, check or a bill or some kind of document um, or that even, you know, extends to parcels and packages, you know, uh, whether it's a birthday gift or um, that piece that you ordered for your car to finish that project or, you know, something along those lines. And obviously we don't want to have to return it to sender. And that's just the that's what happens when your mailbox doesn't get emptied. Yeah, so typically when that happens, you usually have like seven to ten days. Really depends on the carrier's preference. I typically lean more toward ten day, just in case someone forgot to put in a hold notice. Maybe they just went out of town and forgot to let us know. So I'll typically hold on to it a little bit longer. But um, whenever I do pull the mail, I'll just take it back to the office and put a little note on it the day I picked it up, so I kind of know when. what typically happens, it seems like this has happened many times in my career so far. Right after I returned it to sender, they decide to call the office or wait until I get to their house and want to know where the mail is. And I have to go through the explanation of um, why you don't let your mailbox fill up and, or put in a hold notice type of deal and it can be it can be annoying i know for both parties because it's annoying for us because they think we're just being a jerk but it's not we're we're doing our jobs so your identity possibly doesn't get stolen yeah you know and it's think of it at least i do when i was a kid i mean i know it's obviously different when you are an adult because you don't just get the cool stuff in the mail but it used to be fun to empty the mailbox you know you look forward to seeing the letter carrier 
come through the neighborhood every day and get excited about grabbing that mail and, uh, you know, getting it inside and passing it off. And I don't know, even as much as it might kind of suck as you get older, cause you're not getting all the fun things in the mail. Um, it's, you know, think of it as kind of like a civic duty, uh, just a little something. And for most people, um, there's a good chance that you're going to walk past your mailbox cause it's attached to your house, which kind of leads me to the other point I wanted to talk about in terms of not emptying out your mailbox. And that's if you have one of the community clusters, you know, where your street, everybody's mailbox is in the one station. And those things can fill up much more quickly than a standard mailbox can because they're just not as big as the box that's on your house. But then also um, those are often attached to parcel lockers where we can deposit the package uh, for the neighborhood, you know, with the key that ends up in your mailbox. And I just personally find it annoying when, one of my parcel lockers is taken up by a package that sits in there for seven, 10, 14 days because somebody didn't come and empty their mailbox on a regular basis. Yeah. I've never understood these people. I've seen it happen so many times. I, I, I don't get why people will literally walk by their mailbox to go into their house or in or right by the cluster box to go to their apartment and the type of things like that. And they just don't check their mailbox. I, I get, I get the point that you're probably not getting anything fun. It's all bills and junk mail. Typically, at least that's, that's what I get. I never get anything fun, unfortunately. So it can be a drag. If you get that bill, you haven't been uh, wanting to see, but guys, you need to empty the mailbox. Yeah, and even if it's, you know, um, obviously you might not want that bill or something like that, but you know it's coming. And um, unfortunately, not emptying the mailbox does not mean that you don't have to pay that bill. And don't get me wrong, I know that, especially right now, you know, with unemployment numbers spiking and all of that, that there are people actually facing uh, financial hardships at the moment. And, you know, I'm sorry for that. That does suck. Uh, hopefully you find a way to get through it to the other side and uh, in addition to that, I know that there are some customers out there who um, have a physical hardship that makes it difficult for them to get to the mailbox, but you can actually fill out forms and make a, re a special request if you do have a physical hardship um, for the carrier to do something specific with your mail to make it easier for you to get that on a daily basis. So know that that's a resource out there uh, that you can use if you find yourself you know, not able to actually get to the mailbox daily. Yeah, just like uh, Mailman P was saying, just let us know if there's any issues when you get into the mailbox, uh, or even maybe you lost your key to get into your mailbox if you have a cluster box. And for any of those type of reasons, just let it be known to us, and if there's a reason that we can uh, help accommodate you and make it a little bit easier for you, then uh, we definitely will, because that's what we're kind of here for, is to... Uh, not only bring you the bills, but we try to can also bring you a smile every day if we bring it to your uh, door. Yeah, I mean, I know that I enjoy when I get to see a customer out there because, you know, most of the day I'm on my own. And, you know, for, for the sake of time, I, I don't have the ability to stop and talk to every single person that lives on my route for, you know, one, two, three minutes, whatever the case might be. But um, sometimes you might be the only interaction that I have over the course of the, you know, five or six hours I'm out there walking the streets. So, I, you know, it's nice saying hi to somebody and seeing a friendly face. 
Um, and it's always nice when that happens because you're emptying your mailbox out daily because uh, I know that puts a smile on my face. And then another reason that it pays to empty your mailbox daily, and this works for both the carrier and the resident, is I personally notice the boxes that aren't emptied as frequently as others have a much higher chance of getting a yellow jacket or a wasp's nest that starts to build in it because the the bees and the insects at that point have a little bit more of a free reign because their habitat's not getting disturbed on a daily basis. And nothing sucks more than opening a mailbox lid, seeing that little honeycomb, you know, wasp nest or yellow jacket nest, whatever the case might be. And having four or five of those uh, suckers come flying right at you. Yeah, nothing's worse than that. They start flying out. You don't know what's going on. You're just trying to dodge it. And uh, also a thing I've also had some issues with is, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but have you ever had a a jumping spider come out of the thing? I've never had a jumping spider, but I have had plenty of moths. And as you know, we've had the bullshit moth explosion this year. Um, but I'd imagine it's the same kind of like super flittery, jittery, you don't really know where it's going kind of travel path as it, and inevitably it always comes towards your face. I'm assuming that's what you're about to explain. Yeah, pretty much. You open it and all of a sudden this thing just kind of jumps out at you. I'm not afraid of spiders, but they are creepy as shit and I'm not a big fan of them randomly showing up and being on me. So, yep, not a fan. Clean up that mailbox. Keep the bees, keep the whatever else is in there and the spiders away from us. Yeah. I mean, nothing sucks more than opening the lid into something that you can't see and having an object come flying at your face. Um, And especially if it's one of those ones, like you're kind of uh, just a little mentally exhausted. It's like the end of the week. And if it happens and startles you enough um, that you end up dropping the mail for the rest of that loop or, you know, something along those lines, like that just sucks. Yeah, that's one of those definitely uh, one of those worst case scenarios. You drop the remaining letters for that loop and then you're stuck standing there while this bee or spider is probably literally laughing at you while you're picking all your crap up off the ground. Well, not to mention, too, that, um, you know, I can control my temper pretty well, but when that kind of stuff happens, it becomes, at least for me personally, very difficult to not use. Uh, Every word I know when I'm standing at your mailbox out of frustration that I got, you know, attacked by some bug and dropped the mail and uh, just have to sit there and put it all together in my hands while I look like an idiot. Yeah, there's always a few of those choice words that come out, a few I've invented myself, and then I say quite a a few more under my breath just for the fact that I've kind of restrained myself at this point. But yeah, it's uh, it's not fun, guys. So yeah, I mean, I guess to kind of recap it and um, put it into perspective, by emptying your mailbox at least every other day. I'm, I mean, daily's awesome, but you know, every other day can work just as fine as well. You help keep your own shit more secure because mail's not piling up in your box. Uh, You make it easier for your carrier to be able to put the new incoming mail and those smaller packages in your box. And overall, it just makes everybody's life a little easier because everything's not piled up and, you know, getting kind of crunched up as, you know, other things come into the mailbox because it's already got shit inside of it. 
All right, y'all, for this week's Postage Due segment, Bowers and I wanted to focus on another little tip and trick to make the world a better place as you find yourself interacting with people in random scenarios. And this week, we kind of wanted to discuss the idea of not having your head buried down in your cell phone when you're out in public. Yeah, that can be uh, very annoying whenever I'm walking through a supermarket trying to do my shopping and I'm trying to dodge you who just can't seem to pull your eyes away from your phone and you have no clue what you're about to walk into and then you kind of give me those dirty looks. Yeah and you know to be fair I'm not trying to say that I'm not guilty of doing this as well because it's something um, that we probably all do and even if there's times when we don't realize that we're doing it because you know a cell phone is as powerful as like the computers when they first came out these days and you have information readily available at your fingertips at all times. And, you know, that covers a wide spectrum of things, no matter what it is you like, whether that's sports or politics or social media updates and all of that. And it's, it's very difficult to unplug from your phone in modern times. Yeah. I'm, I'm also guilty of doing it before. I probably still did a little more than I should, but that's what we're here to do is try to help you. And also even as we just told you, even help ourselves try not to be those people in public because it's very easy to get your head buried in it and not pay attention to what you're actually doing. And you can very easily stumble over something you don't see on the ground or even possibly run into a small child who has maybe even kind of got away from their parents or, I mean, there's many things that could happen. You could even step onto a uh, floor that just mopped and you were paying attention to the phone and didn't see the wet floor sign. Yeah. I mean, not only are you risking the possibility of personal injury when that happens, but it can definitely also be embarrassing. So, and that works in a multitude of ways. You know, if you're in a serious relationship, your significant other is there with you and you, eat shit because you were looking at your phone and not paying attention, they're probably going to tell that story at the next family gathering. And you're going to be a little embarrassed because, you know, you looked like a fool or the flip side of that. Um, perhaps there is uh, an attractive person that you're hoping to maybe be able to go out on a date with or give them your phone number. And then you whack your shin and knock over a display at the grocery store. And I mean, while some, you know, romantic comedy started off with those kind of, um, storylines and like it's you know love at first sight type deal a lot of times uh, that could be embarrassing enough that you don't even work up the courage anymore to give that person your phone number yeah this isn't a movie and it definitely typically doesn't work that way you blow it in real life by doing something dumb like that you probably completely blew it because there's probably no coming back unless it was just kind of you might have fallen, but you kind of did it gracefully and kind of almost save it. But I don't know. You kind of make it look like you almost meant to do it, trying to be funny type of ordeal, which in all reality, you're probably not that good at things like we are. Yeah. I mean, you know, embarrassment's a thing and some people don't get embarrassed. And, you know, a lot of times, I'm comfortable enough with myself that I'll just laugh at me if I do something stupid like that, but it still kind of sucks and it stings. And, you know, this goes beyond just being on your phone when you're inside of a public building, like a grocery store 
or a gas station or something like that. You know, um, if you're out in the park, like walking your dog, a lot of people still are buried in their phones and you are kind of shortchanging yourself with the ability to kind of see what's around you and take in the, the birds and the sunshine and the, you know, feel that cool breeze and kind of relax and de-stress. And that's probably something that we all need to be doing a little bit right now with uh, as much chaos as happening out there in the daily world. Yeah, I definitely have a good tip and trick for everyone who might be out walking their dog in the park is if you are looking down at your phone, you might just step in a giant pile of shit. And then guess what? You got to finally sit down and put that phone away long enough to wipe your shoes off. And that's going to be embarrassing enough. Well, even if it's not embarrassing, I mean, you're just going to walk around with dog shit on the bottom of your shoe. Or, I mean, some people walk barefoot through the park. Now you got dog shit in between your toes. And, you know, that's not the greatest feeling in the world. And for the sake of like, just, you know, mental health, it's, it's okay to, to not have your phone in your hand for a little bit. It's, you know, it can be a little refreshing because um, with as much information as there is out there at your fingertips when you're on your phone, um, it's very easy to build yourself up into a state of anxiety or a state of depression or panic because um, it's just constant feed after feed after feed. And you would be amazed at how much you can kind of just enjoy time and be a little less stressed out by putting the phone down for a little bit. And that includes even like social media feeds, you know, with what's going on in everybody else's life. Yeah. Social media, I find to be the big bearing your face into because I know Facebook personally for me is like the, I, I just have mine just for keeping up with some family and my, my wife can tag me in photos of my daughter, stuff like that. But other than that, it's just a lot of people with way too many opinions. And it's like a nonstop fight of just people going back and forth with politics, religion, everything. And then on the flip side, you go over to uh, Twitter, and that's a 280-character war zone of just people talking shit like nobody's business. Yeah, and, you know, to be fair, I think it's some people do enjoy doing that kind of stuff. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm I'm not trying to say this as some sort of doctor or scientist that's, you know, if you spend X amount of time on your phone, then you're going to get blank and blank and blank. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's research out there that proves it. And I'm sure there's research that disproves it. But that's not here what I'm trying to say. Or that's not what I'm trying to say here. Um, instead, I'm just trying to remind people to, to just kind of step back from your phone, um, for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day in general is a good thing, but specifically kind of trying to highlight the reasons why when you're in public places where even if you're not directly interacting with someone else, you are still having that interaction. You know, you got to walk past somebody in the grocery store aisle or, um, your dog and somebody else's dog if you're walking through the park or something like that. And that's what we're trying to highlight here. So that way you just have a smoother interaction and a smoother process of while you're at the store or in the public park or something. Yeah, you don't want to be that person walking down the street and you're nosing your phone and you take the wrong step and you sprain or break your ankle because you didn't realize how close you were to the edge of the curb 
or you're crossing a street and you're not paying attention and you didn't look both ways and that could either get you hurt or possibly somebody could actually see you because they're not driving distracted and could actually just cause an accident themselves by slamming on the brakes and maybe the person behind them is also knee deep in the phone so just kind of be vigilant uh be smart keep your nose out of your phone unless you're somewhere that you're can be safe and not being i guess rude to other people in a sense yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a politeness thing or you know, if you want to call it uh, kind of like public etiquette to not be knocking things over, running into other people. And don't get me wrong, I mean, phones are still useful in those kind of places. Uh, you know, if you're out walking the dog, your phone can track your steps or give you some bitching tunes to listen to or at the grocery store. I mean, a lot of people make uh, their grocery list on their phone or have some kind of digital app to help manage coupons and all of that. That's fine. There's there's a time and a place for them and a use for them indeed. But um, if you're using it for just that purpose, then, and not being distracted and, you know, just kind of lost in the moment by staring at your screen that's in your hand, you'll find yourself, you know, having a little bit better experience for yourself and especially enhancing the experience of those around you. While we are getting into the podcasting game, I realize that we're new in the community, and so we're going to really need the help of our legendary listeners that we can get this podcast out to the masses. Absolutely, and all we need you to do, the one, two quick little things for us. Go to our podcast and give us a rate and review. Be as honest as you want to be. We're not going to beg you for five stars because what we're going to bring you is going to be five stars. Now, Bowers, I can't disagree with that. I can only hope that the listeners out there are going to go ahead and nail these ratings and reviews um, about as smoothly as you nailed that, uh, remembering what number came after one there. Because <laughs> I really thought you were going to blow it. But, I mean, in all seriousness, listeners, we would absolutely love it if you could jump on there and give us uh, whatever kind of review, whatever kind of rating you want. But that's how we are going to be able to get this out there. Dude, you are the absolute worst at actually recording when you say you're going to. What? You're 20 minutes late. I had to put out a fire. You had to put out a fire? Yeah. All right. Details? We went outside and made a fire because we were going to do some s'mores and we hung out and I had to put a fire out. So, but it wasn't like a fire in your house? No. And, uh, (laughs) I fucking hate you so much right now. (laughs) I have it in my, I know what I want to say. I just have to get there. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I know what you, I know what you're trying to go for, but don't worry guys. This is episode three and we still suck. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely still suck. Travel at light speed yet or warp dimensions or warp through wormholes and what am i even fucking talking about here well that's fine last week i was a stumblosaurus this week (laughs) you're a rumblosaurus i'll fucking give you that dude i definitely rumbled on right there and right now Bowers and I decided that we wanted to take a... Oh, I didn't even introduce you. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go.
I just went into uh, this is how it always goes, but two thirty. All right, y'all. We appreciate you checking out episode three of the Notice Left podcast. I'm your host, Mailman P, the best in the West. And I forgot to introduce you. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. It's me, Bowers, the beast of the East. Well, I'm Bowers, the beast of the East. And thank you for that introduction, Mailman P. Bowers, you're more than welcome. (laughs) But unfortunately, you laughed right there. Now we got to fucking scratch it. God damn it. I mean, it doesn't help that I didn't introduce you properly over like fucking 17 (laughs) attempts at it. All right, guys. Welcome to another uh, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see it's not as fucking easy as it sounds you would think it is but you know it's not because uh you all you have to do is literally say one sentence so then you get stuck in your own head because i know that i do it too and then the next thing you know you are just this trying to buy time and then you sound like an idiot <laughs> basically all right welcome back to another <laughs> <laughs> all right uh here, hold I'll, on i'll get this started but hold on shut the fuck up i got this <laughs> all right sure go for it <laughs>